I'm Deshaun Davis, former Auburn Tigers football player and all-SEC linebacker. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm and the Tiger Communications app. Ryan LaVoy, Tom Peavy, and Cam Berry with you here on this Wednesday edition of the program. And we are now pleased to be welcomed, or we're pleased to welcome onto the show Joe Bartle of RotoWire, as he does each and every Wednesday. Joe, as always, the time is greatly appreciated. How are things in your world? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, looking forward to Damian Lillard's debut tomorrow. That's the only Wisconsin sport that matters, right? Now the team is playing it all. That'll have to yeah. worry about. <laughs> uh, yeah, certainly. Yeah, not uh, not worried about any of the uh, the uh, happenings around Lambeau Field this time of year. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, but <laughs> or the Badgers. Yeah, or Wisconsin. Yeah, no. We we only know the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's good. That that sounds right. Thank you. Yes, okay, good. absolutely. Uh, alas, though, we uh, we get now. Towards the middle of the NFL season, uh, I think there's no bye weeks. I know some other teams have that nope. buys, but no bye weeks this week. So full slate of action, all 16 games this weekend. And so, Joe, as we turn the page into this week, uh, I know that we're about halfway through the fantasy seasons and that sort of thing. I just want a couple of general questions to start out with. Who in your eyes have been, I, I guess, one or two of the biggest disappointments in fantasy this year and one, or the two, one of the two uh, pleasant surprises this year? Yeah, I think um, Travis Etienne and David Montgomery would, would probably represent two of the pleasant surprises. And Etienne was going in the third or fourth round in drafts for a lot of places. And I think by the end of August, he kind of was tailing off a little bit. There was some momentum that Tank Bigsby uh, was going to be a factor in that backfield and maybe some concerns about the Jacksonville offense as a whole. But we've definitely seen over the past three or four weeks that ETN is arguably the top or one of the top behind Christian McCaffrey fantasy running backs out there. And he's been getting all the workload. He's an electric talent, too. I mean, I think we saw that last year, and it's been more of a confirmation for a lot of people because Jacksonville is getting more of a national stage. Uh, that he's a really good running back. And, you know, whether Tank Bixby is good or not good, that is up for debate. I don't think it is for ETN. So it's good that he's been kind of confirming that's been the case. Um, And in the case of David Montgomery, you know, I think overall, one of the biggest positive stories from the NFL, and uh, I can say this as a Packers fan because the Lions haven't tortured me as much as the Bears and Vikings have in the NFC North, but it has been the Lions uh, and what they've done this season. I know they got dropped by the the Ravens last week. That's fine. That's going to happen especially this season. But overall, that team looks legitimately good and I think will very easily be either the third or fourth best team in the NFC when it's all said and done. And Montgomery, uh, being a better version of Jamal Williams last season, you know, got the 17 touchdowns, whatever it was, has been a bit of a revelation because he was signed in almost an afterthought uh, after leaving the Bears this past offseason. So those two and the respective fantasy value has been good. I I think from a disappointment perspective, you could name a number of injured players that went in the first couple rounds. Uh, and, you know, that's that's an easy way of doing things, but I'll go with a guy like Devontae Adams. And I should put an asterisk on this because I would not be surprised still 
if the Raiders choose to trade Devonta Adams, despite there being uh, reports of the contrary last week, then there could be a fantasy season that's salvaged. But for whatever the reason, Jimmy Garoppolo now, quarterback for Las Vegas, they just have not been able to get him involved. And he should be. And he's still a supreme talent, one of the best receivers in the league, in my opinion. Uh, and that he hasn't been more involved, that Josh McDaniels can't figure out how to get him involved, but he can have Josh Myers, uh, or Jacob Myers, I should say, involved in the offense, is just bizarre to me. Uh, good, bad teams can still get really good players involved. I don't know what we're seeing this year in the NFL, but it feels like really bad teams have no idea how to get their best players involved and are doing things with dumber players and, and lesser players uh, more than ever before. So I think that would be kind of one of the, the bigger non-injured guys that I'd be disappointed with from a fan's perspective. Joe, uh, coming back to the Lions, um, even though you know they did get beat pretty badly by Baltimore, Jameer Gibbs, uh, a lot of usage, 27.6 fantasy points. Um could we see this? I know David Montgomery didn't play, but could we see this as a as a potential breakout game? And how do you how much stock do you put into into that big performance for Jameer Gibbs? No, I think this is a sell high uh, if if you could or if you have the option to. And uh, you guys had mentioned at the top of this that there is no bye weeks this week. We had six teams on bye last week, zero teams on bye this week. Week fourteen, the fantasy playoffs starting for a lot of people bunch of teams on by there too so i I guess i'll take this time now because you guys get millions and millions of listens uh i'm sure i want to ask and plead the nfl be smarter please just just please be smarter with these bye weeks and stop being so dumb with the week 14 stuff you you guys are all into the gambling and the fantasy will actually prove it stop having these week 14 buys so no i would be selling high on jameer gibbs right now I, i think once david montgomery comes back and it could be this week um but it'll certainly if not be this week next week the workload is just going to trend back to what we've seen before. And I and I mentioned this because it was the same case with DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams last year as well. No matter how electric their scat back or their pass catching guy is, he's not going to get the full workload unless they absolutely have to. They don't care about what draft capital is invested. They don't care about uh, financial costs to these running backs. They have a scheme. They are going to stick with it through thick and through thin. So I, I would anticipate that Jameer Gibbs, once Montgomery comes back, gets more relegated to like the uh, high-end running back two range and still threat from a PPR perspective, but not nearly the extent that we saw uh, last Sunday. And then uh, on the other side of that that uh, Baltimore and Lions game, uh, Lamar Jackson throwing for three touchdowns, rushing for one. Um, does this seem like a breakout game for him? I know he's been pretty good uh, kind of hovering around the 20, 22 range uh, in terms of fantasy points, but, uh, you know, an explosive game against a pretty solid uh, uh, Detroit defense. Uh, so where do you see him going forward? Yeah, and he's done it without really any of the Zafe. I'm sorry, he's done it without the Odell Beckham, Rashad Bateman uh, group of receivers really popping off. You know, I know, uh, Zay Flowers has developed into, it feels like that number two receiver behind Mark Andrews for that offense. But I think most people, if you said, hey, Lamar Jackson is going to finish top four fantasy quarterback this year uh, and will be an MVP conversation, they'd be like, oh man, Odell had a great game or a great season. Or oh, I would say, oh man, Rashad Bateman had been fantastic. But that really hasn't transpired yet. And I think it's been a bit surprising that Mark Andrews, despite the offensive coordinator change, has still been involved to the extent that he does. But we knew Lamar Jackson really loved his tight end. And, it, and whether it was uh, Greg Roman's offense or now with Todd Munkin's offense, that's been clearly transpiring too. I don't know if it's a breakout game for him. I think it's just a reminder to people who continuously, throughout Lamar's entire career, 
just sleep on him for X, Y, and Z reason. It's a reminder of what he's capable of doing against bad teams, but also in the case of the Lions, good teams and good uh, uh, defenses as well. I think the scenario and the situation was just really present for the Ravens to be successful. Uh, they had come back off that London trip, which is typically tough for NFL teams, but sloppier conditions. Jared Goff doesn't know what to do outside, uh, outside the Dome. Uh, some injuries to the Lions overall. And I think just uh, they were riding high on a pretty easy start to the season, a kind of fluky win against the Chiefs, right? There's a lot of different things that have been able to rightly build confidence in the Lions. Well, that's going to happen when you go against a tough team like the Ravens who know how to play defense even with lesser people, and now they're getting healthy. I wasn't surprised by that outcome at all, and I think uh, too many people might overact to something that wasn't shocking to me. Let's stay in the AFC North, Joe, with the Cleveland Browns, and this is a team that's going through very weird things offensively, yet they are 4-2 and two on the season. You've had Jerome Ford fill in for Nick Chubb, had a pretty decent day last weekend, uh, but the continued quarterback carousel kind of puts these wide receiver tight end options in flux. They go to Seattle this weekend. What do you see out of those skill, skill grouping guys? Yeah, now Jerome Ford likely not playing this week and possibly next week with a low-grade high ankle sprain. I think it's so funny that we now have to decide uh, what level of high ankle sprain somebody might have suffered. We've had enough weeks now where that's a very potent injury for fantasy people, so we have to put a label that it's a low. It's a low-grade high ankle sprain. Don't worry about it. Uh, so Ford probably not playing this week. We'll see about Kareem Hunt, too, who didn't practice Wednesday. Uh, if if Kareem Hunt is out, and we already had Deshaun Watson ruled out for the Browns and their quarterback spot, I don't know what that looks like. The over-under in that game, I think, when I wrote my article, was like around 40 or 42, and I pretty easily took the over because I think the Seahawks' defense is vulnerable. P.J. Walker is competent as a backup, and that's about all I can ask for. Uh, I think if you're in the situation that Cleveland has been in, and then I figure that points would be scored. Like, I, I like Pierre Strong that they traded for this offseason from the Patriots. I think in a pinch he can be a three-down running back, but we're asking a whole lot of a third-string, like a fourth-string running back, second-string, maybe third-string quarterback, because Dorian Thompson-Robinson was also the starter for uh, at least one game earlier this season, to really do a whole lot in a very tough atmosphere to play in, in Seattle. So I'm I'm a bit less optimistic about that Browns offense as a whole. I don't know how long Deshaun Watson's going to be out. Uh, I don't know if it really matters from a team perspective, because Watson wasn't playing all that well, but it does handicap the value, I think, of Amari Cooper, uh, certainly of a number of other receivers like Elijah Moore and a few of those other guys that people thought could be fringe uh, developing into something more kind of guys that you were drafted later on. It, it's it's a tough spot to be in right now if you have a lot of fantasy assets in, invested in Cleveland. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Goodness, Joe. Sorry about that. Um, looking at the, uh, at the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, Joe Mixon's a guy that a lot of people have uh, – has not been. I mean, he's had some good, had some bad. But uh, what are your thoughts on Joe Mixon going forward, uh, coming off their bye week? Yeah, it's tough. I think we've kind of seen the regression of Joe Mixon over the past couple of years. And Delvin Cook got cut this off season. Really hasn't looked good for the Jets at all. We had guys like Ezekiel Elliott get cut. Leonard Fournette still hasn't signed with the team. I think Joe Mixon has been in that tier of running backs for me for a long time. But he was smartly uh, able to take a bit of a negotiation on his contract less money stays with the Bengals this season. And also the Bengals didn't really have a clear replacement. I like Chase Brown, who they drafted on day three this year, but to say Chase Brown, a rookie, hey, go ahead and be uh, the running back on the team that has Super Bowl aspirations, I understood that was a tough sell. But I think if you were expecting Joe Mixon to be the guy that he was three or four years ago, 
we've just moved past that point. And that's unfortunately the reality for a lot of these running backs when they hit the uh, mid to late 20s. Uh, and I, again, I go back to Delvin Cook as a perfect example. That guy just doesn't look nearly explosive. I thought he didn't look as explosive last season for the Vikings, much less the Jets. And I think that's where we're at with Joe Mixon, too. That being said, with how many injuries the running back position has had, again, we're talking about the four-string running back for the Browns uh, having fantasy value. Joe Mixon is still somebody that I'm interested in to a certain point. If you limit your expectations or temper them and say, you know, Joe Mixon's going to be a 10-fantasy-point guy a week for me, there's nothing wrong with that. And I think there's a lot of value, especially as we enter the second half of all the teams having their bye weeks over the next uh, couple of weeks, there there is some interest for me. But it's just understanding that, hey, he's not this mid-first-round pick anymore. He's not even a second-round pick anymore. He's more like that fifth or sixth-round running back that you're hoping one last year he has enough legs to do something for your fantasy season. And then uh, looking at actually the, the Denver Broncos and their offense, I know overall the team has struggled with wins and losses, but um, quietly Cortland Sutton has been a pretty solid and productive wide receiver uh, and, a, and a good target for Russell Wilson. Do you expect that to kind of continue uh, through the rest of the season, or, or how do you expect maybe a fall-off? Yeah, Marvin Mims has been one of my favorite recommendations uh, in terms of fantasy guys that you can acquire for cheap or more than likely pick up on waivers because I've been assuming Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton was going to get traded. The trade deadline, I think, is week nine here for the NFL. So we're talking about in the next two weeks, one of these two Broncos receivers has to be moved, in my opinion. Uh, And I would have thought that plan would have accelerated if the Packers could actually beat the Broncos. Of course, they can't because they are the worst team in the NFL. Uh, But the Broncos are right there and close behind uh, or like right in that same spot, too. I, if you say Cortland Sutton was with the Broncos all season, he's probably a top 20 wide receiver because he clearly has the eye of Russell Wilson. He's been a red zone threat, and that Broncos defense is typically miserable against not Packer teams, and we'll have to give up a lot of points, and therefore the Broncos and Russell Wilson have to pass a lot. It, it's, it's completely different. It's the inverse of last season where the Broncos defense was carrying things to a large extent, and we watched all those primetime games where the Broncos couldn't score more than 10 points. Well, they have a lot more opportunities now, too, and I think Cortland Sutton is fantasy relevant. But because he has done well, I would imagine he's the receiver, if not both of them, that gets traded before the deadline. Uh, And if that's the case, then it becomes just a complete toss-up as to where your fantasy value might be. I would would rather lean on cashing out on Cortland Sutton, who is like a eighth or ninth-round selection. And if I could get a James Conner, who's uh, only two weeks away from returning from injured reserve, was a very stable force at a running back to the Cardinals. If I could maybe improve at quarterback, think like uh, if you have Trevor Lawrence, can you trade up for Jalen Hurts or Josh Allen or Mahomes by giving a Cortland Sutton? It's those types of moves that I'll be looking at making because um, I'm assuming something bad from a fantasy perspective is going to occur for Sutton in the next two weeks. He's Joe Barnell of Roto-Wire joining us today on the program. Joe, as always, the time is greatly appreciated. Again, remind our listeners what the busy week for you looks like and then also what Roto-Wire can not only only do for football for you but also fantasy basketball as in the NBA season starts this week. Yeah, real quick, my Twitter, JB Fantasy Sports, will get you covered in a lot of ways. Uh, I, already posted, I already posted the Week 8 betting sheet, uh, all the over-unders, all the picks against the spread wasn't a great week for me uh in fact you can make a lot of money betting against whatever i might say the opposite is uh for the over-unders specifically that's been really brutal this season um but i also have the podcast as well posted where we go over all the way of wire pickups daryl henderson was kind of the top guy 
that we mentioned, but Trey McBride with Zach Ertz down injured reserves the Cardinals is a really interesting tight end for me too. Everyone's going to go Chase Dalton Kincaid first round pick for the Bills, but I think Trey McBride has some fantasy value. So you can you can find those things on my Twitter. Uh, but you had mentioned from a basketball perspective, obviously the season started yesterday technically, but a lot of the games being played today. You might still be uh, looking for a fantasy basketball league if you are trying to draft or you're looking for any DFS stuff. Uh, daily fantasy in particular for basketball is always huge. Rotowire has you covered there. I think if you go to rotowire.com slash free, you get a three-day um, free trial for us, and that'll cover everything on the site. So if you want to get uh, this on Thursday, you can have a DFS for NBA, but also all the weekly rankings and articles for football. It's a great time to be invested in what Rotowire is doing because we have a lot of fantasy coverage going on, even college football for that matter too. Joe, we love it. It's a very busy time of year. We understand that the, the Wisconsin has one thing and only one thing going on, and that's the Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> yep, and we will be it. anxiously awaiting the Damian Lillard and uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo duo this year. But uh, certainly appreciate the time today, Joe, and we look forward to talking to you again next week. All right. Thanks. Good. Thanks for having me on.